Hello friends and welcome back to the What Now podcast. This week we have another boss lady on the pod. She goes by the name of Hilly Du. Hilly is the face and brain behind Oak and Harvest, based in Harrisburg, British Columbia. Oak and Harvest is a charcuterie business, perfect for hosting big corporate events or even a small packages, small present for a significant other or a loved one, your mother, your father, whatever the case might be. Get yourself a package from Oakland Harvest, and I promise you, they are going to love it. Today, we dive into Hilly's story and show you behind her brand, her business, her struggles as an entrepreneur, and everything that lies in between. First and foremost, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and allowing me to tell your story behind your brand and your business. I'm very happy to have you. And obviously, starting this podcast, I've had quite a few male guests. So having a female on the podcast every time, I'm just so excited. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. How are you doing today? I'm great. It's a sunny day. Summer's finally here. Yeah. It like. It's been a while. I know. Summer should have been here already. What's the day today? May 22nd? 23rd, maybe? 23rd, 23rd yeah. Now it's finally getting nice. Finally. I'm curious to ask you this question. I think this is a good way to start an interview. What does it mean to you to be an entrepreneur? What do you enjoy most about it? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, like this business started very naturally. Like I had no idea that I was going to become a business owner. Both my parents are self-employed. So growing up, I always saw them as entrepreneurs. You know, they never really got vacation time. Anytime we'd be on vacation, they were still checking emails and answering the phone. And, you know, I always swore, oh, that will never be me. And then all of a sudden, I am a business owner, and it's just been amazing. Honestly, what I love most about it is being able to build my own schedule, always being able to come up with new ideas, being creative, finding different ways to support other local businesses, work with other female entrepreneurs. When you own your own business, the sky is kind of the limit. Like There's no ceiling, per se. Um, you can just kind of you know chase your dreams. You've mentioned a lot of things, your parents being independent business owners, as well as working with other business owners. I think the most important part, your parents. Mm-hmm. What kind of business do your parents own? My mom sells promotional products, okay. does a lot of union work, works a lot of you know larger causes. I think that's probably where my interest in social justice kind of came from initially. And then my dad owns a construction company, so everything from you know small bathroom renovations to full from the ground up. You mentioned earlier that, that growing up in that environment, it made you not want to be an independent business owner. Yeah. And now you find yourself as a business owner. What are some of the qualities that you think you took from from them and right. to be able to apply to your own business now? Right. First and foremost, I think, and this is, you know, I've learned this almost more so over the last year of owning this business, but I think number one, you cannot be afraid. You know, you have to have faith in yourself. You have to believe in yourself. When you start a business, of course, you're taking a risk and you just have to believe in that and you have to work hard, of course, and, you know, just kind of follow your heart and take those risks. You can't be afraid of it failing. You know, the night before I started this business, I was sitting on my couch and I was just so in my head and I was so worried. I was like, what if this doesn't work out? What if no one likes my products? What if no one buys anything? But it's like, at the end of the day, what's the worst that can happen, first of all? And second of all, no matter what, you're probably going to learn something. 
Right. You know, you can't spend all your time thinking about what if something goes wrong. You have to also start thinking about what if it goes right and really lean into that. So ultimately, what made you decide that I need to sell my own thing? At what point you decided this is something that I want to do and I'm going to pursue it? To be honest, it was a complete fluke. I was out golfing one day. My boyfriend's mom had mentioned a company in Vancouver that had started doing charcuterie. Charcuterie was always something I liked putting together. I, I like entertaining. I like, mm. you know, having guests over and making spreads or dinner for them. So it's always something that I've kind of been interested in. It's a creative outlet for me. And I think over the last couple of years, charcuterie and grazing spreads, and you know, they've become really big and it's kind of, it's a trending thing right now. So there was nothing in Abbotsford at the time like that. And then, you know, it was being able to serve that purpose in terms of gifts. Like what do you give someone on a special occasion besides flowers or yeah. maybe an edible arrangement? You know, there's really not a whole lot on the market for that. So initially when I first conceptualized everything, it was about let's give people another gift giving opportunity or, you know, another option, I guess whether it's closing gift for a realtor or a birthday gift or etc. Take me through the process of you thinking about the business being afraid. Like you said earlier, the possibilities of nobody buying your product and then eventually you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. That first night, what was, what was that like? Oh boy. So honestly, like I said, it was a complete fluke that I started this and I knew Mother's Day at the time was just around the corner. So this was like late April of 2021. Like, you know what, why don't I just give it a go? I literally went to the grocery store, found a cardboard box. I just asked the baker if I could have one and I just tried it out. And I was like, all right, this could work. Like when I say that I didn't have anything online, like I mean, it. I didn't have suppliers. I did not have a clue what I was doing. I just thought, why not give it a shot? Yeah. So, you know, I made the first box. I was like, okay, I could do this. My friend at the time was just starting a like branding and design company. So I was like, hey, can you help me like come up with a name and a logo? And I basically just made a list of words that I liked or that I thought kind of resonated with me. Yeah, literally made a name. Was like, okay, we need a logo. We need an Instagram. Like, I don't know. I literally had no idea what I was doing. I did not have anything set up. And then I just started sourcing things. And then the night before, of course... I launched on Instagram with a couple photos and the, the Mother's Day weekend was the following weekend. Mm -hmm. I posted that morning and I was like, okay, basically here we go. Like, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and just follower after follower after follower. And I was like, oh my God, maybe I'm onto something. That Mother's Day weekend, I had 17 orders and I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to make 17 charcuterie boxes <laughs> in a weekend? And no one even knows this, but... That weekend, I had orders for Saturday and Sunday, I think. And Sunday, like halfway through, I ran out of like half the things. So I sent my boyfriend down to the grocery store. I'm like, you need to like hurry. Like you need to get these things. Like it was just an absolute gong show. Like I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And at that time, I only had one size of charcuterie box. It was like, looking back, I was like, I, it's just easy now, but... But that's the thing. It's like, you just have to run with it. And yeah. I feel like that's kind of where this whole business has taken me is like, I'm kind of running with it where it takes me. Right. And you know, some people will say, oh, like, what's your goal for the business in the next year or the next five years? And it's like, honestly, I don't know because 
I'm just going with what the community needs yeah. and where it takes me. I personally, I don't think charcuterie and this whole you know grazing trend will be around forever. So I'm just kind of running with it. I'm I'm seeing what the community needs. I'm taking their feedback into consideration, and, and that's how I'm growing the business now. But a lot of it is just trusting yourself and just hoping it works out. At the end of the day, if no one had bought anything, I would have learned something. Of course. I mean, with any new ventures that you have, you just have to take the risk. Right? Exactly. Like you said, like, what do you have to lose? You literally have nothing to lose. Exactly. And if you don't take the chance, you won't know where the next opportunity might be. It is what it is. You learn as you go and you make the best of the situations and taking risks, trying to become an independent business owner and an independent person is far more exciting than anything else than being at a workplace that you dislike, that you hate. Might as well just hate your own, your own things, you know? Just exactly. put the pressure on yourself and, and figure it out. Yeah, actually to this day, I have not spent a single dime on advertising. I have not put any money into marketing my business. And that's something that really means a lot to me. Like that says to me that I'm doing something right or I'm putting in the work behind the scenes that's ending up paying off. Was there a moment when that validated the whole experience that you told yourself, okay, this is going to be successful and this is something that people like and want. Right. For example, you mentioned earlier on Mother's Day you had 17 orders mm -hmm. and you had just opened your business. In that moment, did you feel like okay, this is a right direction that I'm going right. into. To be honest, no. So after Mother's Day, I was like, okay, well, understandably Mother's Day is going to be busy because mm -hmm. people are buying gifts for their moms or having people over their homes to gather, you know, and I kind of went through the whole same process again. It was like, okay, so maybe everything went well now, but are people still going to buy these products? Like, do people still want these things moving forward? So I kind of went through that whole process in my head again essentially I just continued to take in feedback at the time I only had one size of box people really wanted different size options so I started working on that and you know what really solidified it for me was the continuity of the orders basically since then it hasn't stopped and people are continuously reaching out I've continuously grown my business and like I said I hadn't done any sort of advertising or marketing um, or put any money into that so and I mean, I do owe part of that to the community. I think had I started this in a bigger city, it might not have looked the same. But being in the community that I'm in, I'm just astounded by the continuous support. And yeah, I think, you know, getting reviews from people and sharing things to their Instagram stories and on Facebook and writing recommendations and all of those things. I'm just like, okay, like I am hopefully doing something right. right. And I can't believe what I've learned just from doing this. Yeah. Like it's just been the most rewarding experience. You mentioned earlier that you haven't done any advertisement for your business, and you mentioned the word community. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you reside in Abbotsford. How much does that community mean to you? So much. I mean, I'm new to Abbotsford. As you know, I'm from Ontario originally. I went to school in Victoria. I only moved to Abbotsford in 2019, end of 2019. Obviously, right after that, COVID hit and the world looked entirely different. So I didn't really have a sense of community in Abbotsford. I didn't really have roots um, in the community. So, you know, to look back on, on where this business started and what it's become, knowing that I didn't really have strong ties to the community, I mean, 
it's just incredible. And I always say, like, I've met people through this business that I otherwise probably never would have met. Like, I'm just so grateful. I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate, like, the continued support of this community. And people want to support small businesses. Like, they want to support local. And it just means so much to me. As an individual who wants to support small businesses, aside from buying from small businesses, is there any other way for people to support small businesses? Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, people think, oh, if I can't maybe afford to purchase it or if I don't have a reason to purchase, like, how else can I support a small business? Things like, as I mentioned, writing a review, you know, obviously that entails having to have purchased and recommending the business or simply sharing things on your social media yeah. channels, liking, commenting, saving posts on Instagram, like all those things mean so much. And honestly, with the way that social media is and the algorithms, you know, the more engagement there is on posts, the better the business does, essentially. How important is social media to your business? Essentially, right now, it's Everything. critical. Yeah. Critical. I don't have a website, which I know is a hot topic right now because essentially that means I don't own anything, anything I have on social media, right? Like if Instagram and Facebook went down tomorrow, my Ooh. business would be kaboom. I, I mean, which I've thought about, I've put a ton of thought into it and it's just a matter of at what point do I want to then, you know, proceed yeah. with starting a website and social media is everything. It's how I get recommendations, it's, you know, in community Facebook groups when people yeah. are saying, where can I find a you know, charcuterie platter or that's all social media. Right. No, social media is quite important these days. I mean, for me personally, I think social media is useful if you own a business like yourself. But if you don't, if you have no reason to be on social media, just like liking photos and whatnot, it's useless. Mm -hmm. But for a business, of course, you went to school in Victoria. Mm -hmm. What's your background in? Educational background. As I said, I grew up in Ontario. That's actually where I started my degree. I started I my first two years of university at the University of Guelph. And I'd always loved BC. I kind of was looking for a change. So I ended up transferring to University of Victoria. And that's where I finished my degree in anthropology and social justice studies. You know, my whole thought process was I was going to work for a nonprofit. Essentially, the reason I settled on UVic was because they have the co-op program. Right. The co-op program for so many different degrees. A lot of schools, they only have co-op for business or science or what have you. Whereas UVic had, you could do co-op no matter what degree you were pursuing. So I thought, okay, that's great. I'm going to get some experience, kind of figure out where I want to end up. Honestly, the co-op program changed my life. I ended up working at Big Brothers Big Sisters. Right. I started there as an event coordinator. Then as I went back to school, I started as a development coordinator. You know, so essentially my background is in nonprofit event coordinating, fundraising, program management, those kinds of things. Since then, I've worked at the agency back in Hamilton, Ontario, and yeah. you know that's where my professional background is. Did I ever think I'd be doing something like this? Absolutely not. But that's all right. Life takes you in some crazy places, some crazy times, some things happen, and you gotta learn and adapt to the situation that you're in. And I think you've done a tremendous job at that. What was it like moving from Ontario to BC? So I was 20 or 21, I guess, when I moved. Which, looking back, it's pretty young to move across the country. I'd never been to Victoria, never seen the university campus, didn't know a single person there. My mom and I flew out, found an apartment, furnished it in like five days, flew back to Ontario, and then a couple months later I moved out. Again, though, it's, it's funny how it kind of is the same, same exact situation where it's like, I was terrified. I was like, what if everything goes horribly? Did it go horribly? Absolutely not, you know? So I look back at like the course of my life and decisions that I've made and risks that I've taken and I'm like not once did it 
go horribly. Obviously, there's been hurdles, but I've always looked back on it fondly or been happy that I took that risk. You have to take a risk in life. Mm -hmm. You have to. I always say this to all my friends. If you want to find out who you are and you want to find out how much you can do and how much you can overcome, move and live by yourself. Move to a place that you've never been to. Go to a place that you've never experienced before. Do something you've never experienced before. Because that will teach you a lot of things about yourself. Yes, of course, it, it, it's scary and it's, it's terrifying. You don't know if you're going to make friends. You don't know if you're going to meet people. But that whole process of it is always the most exciting part. The day-to-day, the process that you're going through and figuring things out, learning about yourself, evolving as a, as a person, growing. And then seeing like new life perspectives too, you right? know? You just see different ways of thinking and different ways of life and you meet people you never would have met because in your hometown, like you are surrounded by a lot of similar people. Like that's just how it is. If you're all right. born and raised there. So yeah, it's nice to escape that and you know, have an open mind to different cultures or different ways of living. And I just feel like you learn so much about yourself. And honestly, to me, the most rewarding part is like looking back and and just being like, I'm so glad I did that. What have you learned about yourself through the move and through your business? I know I keep saying the same thing, but honestly, I just learned to believe in myself. Starting this business and then running it has taught me that literally anything you want to do is possible. You do have to work hard. You know, but if you have a goal or you have a dream or, you know, there's something that you really want to do that you're on the fence about, like, I just think you have to believe in yourself. Obviously, self-belief is important. Believing in yourself is is quite important. But the question is now, would you go back to Ontario? Funny, actually. So I I have thought a lot about moving back to Ontario. Um, Obviously, all my close family is there. And it's important that I eventually make my way back to be close to them, especially as my parents and my grandparents are getting older. Mm-hmm. You know, it means a lot to me to spend time with them. Obviously with FaceTime now, it you know, the distance is a little... Closer. Exactly. I feel like no matter where the next chapter takes me, everything has kind of served a purpose. And yeah, I've just learned so much. I cannot imagine the person that I'd be if I didn't do all these things, you know? If I didn't take the rest to move out here, and I mean, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. No, we would not be yeah. sitting here. And for myself as well, obviously being from Ontario as well, and moving across country, and then moving to Abbotsford, it's allowed me to have such a broader perspective about life. Understanding that the friends that you make in the place that you move to will make your whole experience. Mm-hmm. If you meet the right people, you can live anywhere in the world. And I think it's important for people to have that perspective when they move into places, allowing life to take its place and allowing life to unfold as it may. But then also you have to be proactive and chasing connections. You can't just be sitting back and just exactly. allow and be like, okay, like all these people are going to come and be friends with you. No, like you have to interact. You have to be part of the community. I think it's important when you're moving to move to a small town mm-hmm. because in smaller towns, for the most part, I, don't, I can't speak for every other town in the world. <laughs> I can only speak for Abbotsford. For most part, those towns have a genuine connection and people genuinely want to help each other out and be there for one another. Mm-hmm. For me, moving and experiencing different things, it changes everything. Having different perspective helps you grow as a person. What do you do in your downtime? I don't have downtime. You don't have oh downtime? Oh my gosh. And that's the thing. Like... When I first started this, people just thought like, okay, you're making sure food rewards. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see. Okay, take me through the whole process. Behind the scenes, take me through it. I want to know, if I'm going to start a show, don't give me all the secrets. (laughs) (laughs) Don't give me all the secrets. But take me through the process, your day-to-day, from getting an order, Mm -hmm. and then taking the order, and then producing it, and then delivering it. Mm -hmm. Take me through the background of that whole process of it. Right. 
So obviously beforehand, you're working on the designs. Like, you know, you're figuring out what fits in this box or on this platter, what's the quantity, how much does everything cost. Pricing things out, that takes a huge amount of time, you know, because you're literally figuring out, okay, this block of cheese costs this much. I'm going to be able to get four platters out of that. And you're just constantly adding. I did not know how to work Excel to save my life before this. Part of it for me was like learning, okay, how am I going to keep track of every single thing that I'm spending? And so pricing things out, obviously now I have a full menu where prices kind of remain the same. Mm -hmm. However, then it's like, oh, okay, there's a new, for Easter, I did a special edition charcuterie cross. So planning that out, thinking about the design, sourcing where I'm going to get all the products and, you know, so much like math and calculation and finding new suppliers and all those things that go on behind the scenes. And then using the products, they obviously have to look nice. So coming up with the creative design and figuring out how you're going to place the cheese and different textures that you're going to use and Every single thing on a charcuterie platter, of mine anyway, is precisely thought out. Like, it is not just thrown on there. Maybe at one point it was because I had no idea what I was doing. But especially now, every single thing that I put on that platter is carefully thought out. I'm trying to work with different textures and different flavors. And you want some spicy and maybe a little bit of sweet jelly and hard cheeses and soft cheeses. Like, you, you know, you're always thinking about those things. Once you have the designs, then obviously you can start selling. Like you said, if someone places an order... So typically, like in the morning, I'll check my messages. I don't personally right now have an order form or anything. So I'm taking all my orders, like personally, mm -hmm. via messages. So say you reached out to me and said you were looking for a platter for next week. Yeah. You know, we'd go back and forth about, okay, are there any allergies or decide what size you were looking for, etc. And then I take your order, finalize it, take your payment, and then obviously put it together for you. But it's the things that happen like in the in what you call downtime where I'm not physically making anything. I find my busiest days are days where I don't have orders because it's like, okay, I'm either sourcing products, developing new designs. Like right now, I'm not thinking about May 23rd. I'm thinking about July. I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do for Father's Day? What's the cost going to be, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. you're always kind of thinking two steps or, you know, 10 steps ahead. Yeah, that's a lot going on. Yeah. I feel like you had to learn so much. Because obviously your parents own their own business, but I don't think they sat you down and tell you the day to day. Like well, how, exactly, right? How everything goes. And obviously, when you look at your parents being business owners, you're like, oh man, this is super easy. Exactly. <laughs> I can do this in my sleep. Yeah. So you had to learn how to use Excel. What else have you had to learn? Every single thing. So that's what people don't know about me is that I have no business background. Yes, my parents are self-employed. So thankfully, when it came to the basics of just running a business, keeping track of your finances, etc., they were able to help me with that. But of course, every business is different. Every business has its little like nuances that right. you would only understand if you were running a charcuterie business. Right, right. Figuring out, yeah, Excel. Like starting Excel documents for literally everything and keeping track of every single cost and when it's purchased and why it was purchased and especially when it came to tax season like we all know how fun doing our taxes is so you know there's just so much that goes in behind the scenes yeah so learning Excel granted I still cannot use Excel that well like I know how to nobody, nobody do the sum of the column and that's basically <laughs> and that's all I need to know for now so <laughs> And then social media, like we were talking about earlier, like social media is literally everything for a business right now in this day and age. And I don't really use like my personal Instagram all that much. I 
I don't use like photo editing apps and like all these things that, you know, you look at influencers or small businesses or large companies even now that have like the most perfectly curated Instagram feed and all the colors go together. And I mean, even that, like even thinking about like your color scheme and your brand and staying consistent. And there's just so many things to think about. It's like when you think it's all thought about, you just think of something there's else. More. Yeah. More. So figuring out like the branding and you know, how I'm going to stay consistent and be recognizable within the community and plan social media posts. I mean, I've never planned a social media post in my life. It's like, oh, I like this picture. I'll post it. You know, now it's like, okay, you should post this at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. For someone that likes social media, maybe that's fun. I just actually planned out the next couple of posts of mine. I'm like, yes, I don't have to think about it. Social media is obviously important, but then you have to also think about your own values as a person. Mm-hmm. Being able to promote your business online and then you, the person, how do you make sure that your values come across in your business, this is what I value, this is what's important to me, and I'm not going to budge or change who I am in order to have a presence on social media, for example. Right, yeah. So, obviously, I think you can get into a bad headspace if you start like comparing yourself. And, I mean, that goes for personal use, too. Yeah. Like you're comparing yourself to whoever. But as a business, I find you can do that, too. You know, you can look at other businesses, be it in your area or in another country or wherever they are, and think, gosh they have so many more followers or they're this much more successful and I think you really have to avoid those dark thoughts I guess is what I call them is you know I have to like I said just trust what I'm doing and trust the process I think there are ways that I could very easily get more followers Mm -hmm. but to me honestly it's not really about the followers I have I don't know eight or nine hundred followers right now it's big time over here. <laughs> hey, almost at a thousand. <laughs> hey, okay. <laughs> but, you know, you look at other businesses that have 10, 20, 30,000, you're like, what am I doing wrong? But it's not what you're doing wrong. It's just you you have a different business and you're going about it a different way and everyone's kind of on their own journey. And like I said, I'm just kind of going where the wind takes me, I guess. But I really try not to compare myself to other businesses, just as I do in my personal life. Like, I really am trying to just trust what I'm doing what makes you happiest about the business that you have? What's really rewarding to me is that people trust me to be part of some of the most special days in their lives or sometimes the hardest. Is there an experience that stick out in your mind? Honestly, it's it's a lot of like Mother's Day, things yeah. like that, where people are ordering across the country and different parts of Canada where people reach out to me and say, hey, like my mom or you know my friend lives in Abbotsford, yeah. can you please make a delivery for me? <laughs> On Mother's Day, I went and I delivered to this grandmother, and she reminded me so much of my grandma, and obviously my family's back in Ontario, and her family wasn't around either, and just like the connection that you feel when you are when you can resonate with them, and you know, you're doing something special for them on behalf of their family, and it can literally bring tears to your eyes, you know? Like, it, there's nothing more special to me than, one, them putting their trust in me to make that a special moment for their loved one. I love that. The genuine connection that you have with people is so important. So important. I would imagine that you're a very family-oriented person. Absolutely. My family means the entire world to me. The entire world. And like, yeah, seeing that grandma on her doorstep and she was just thrilled and the lady that ordered actually, she sent me a message that uh, her mother-in-law, I believe it was, had messaged her, the lady that I delivered to. And she said, oh my gosh, that girl was so sweet. It was so nice to chat with her. And that means more than anything. Like take the charcuterie and everything I'm doing away from it. It's those connections and how I'm making people feel. What's that quote? Like people will forget what you said or forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. That to me means everything. <laughs> 
Are you gonna start crying? No, I'm about to. I'm about to start crying though. No, I'm missing my grandma. No, that's beautiful, man. I love that. In any interaction that you have with people, they will always remember how you make them feel. So I think it's important when interacting with people, especially when you're a business owner, not to try to be remembered, but just by having that genuine emotion, that genuine connection with them. Mm-hmm. It's quite important. That's the thing, and that's been so central to my business. I think you asked this earlier, actually. What's important to me as a business owner? Obviously, I want to give people a high-quality product. But aside from that, I want to give them tremendous service. I want to, yeah, have that connection. I want it to be felt on both sides. What's been central to me throughout this whole thing is I don't want values to get lost in the pursuit of making money. You say values. What are some of the values that you don't want to lose in the pursuit of financial independence? Right. I think we talked about this earlier, like supporting other small businesses, other women entrepreneurs. So I work with a jelly company. She hand makes all my jellies. She is a small business based in Abbotsford as well. And she's in her 70s. I thought I needed to find a jelly vendor. I like to support local. We met for coffee and the rest is kind of history. And now we come up with new flavors together and it's just been so much fun. And I love being able to support her and we have this partnership that just works great. So that's definitely one, being able to support other small businesses and what I'm doing. Any chance that I get, I'm going to buy locally made, Canadian made. To me, it's really important that things are ethically made. Obviously with the cost of goods, like, you know, there's some things you can't avoid, but yeah. buy, like all my boxes are made in Canada. That to me is important, really supporting small businesses, supporting our economy as much as I can, supporting the environment. So. All my platters and boxes, they are disposable, yes, but the platters are 100% biodegradable and boxes are recyclable. So, you know, those things have remained central to me. And that's, again, going back to, like, the things that go on behind the scenes. You know, you can find products pretty easily if you don't have a a set of criteria, I guess, of what you're looking for, right? But I'm always like, okay, is this environmentally friendly? Is this ethical? All these things that I'm thinking about. You have to make sure that whatever you're doing is good for the environment, good for the community, and all those things. Fully support that. Obviously, with a nonprofit background, I like to support nonprofit as much as I can. Yeah. Every July, I donate 10% of proceeds to the Canadian Mental Health Association. Right. It's a cause that's really important to me. I lost a friend to suicide a couple years ago. I know several people that suffer with mental illness, and I just think it's such a prevalent issue right now. So. That's something that's really important to me. I was doing a grazing table for someone. She actually works at Big Brothers Big Sisters of the Fraser Valley. You know, she said, oh, we're looking for a board member. So now I serve on the board for Big Brothers Big Sisters. Like it's, you know, everything comes full circle, but that's really important to me that I'm supporting the community in every way that I can, that we're doing donations. That's good. Obviously, Abbotsford being the community that it is, supporting your community in any way that you can is, is important. And I think, like you said, like mental health is something that should always be talked about. And you yourself having gone through that experience, having lost a friend and trying to prevent other people from going through that experience, same experience that you went through is tremendous. And I think the more that people talk about these issues and bring it up, the more that our society can then understand that this is a problem that we need to deal with uh-huh. and get to the forefront of, of these issues so we don't lose more people. And I think it, it takes so many forms and it's hidden well, you know. Yeah. There are a lot of people struggling that you would never have any idea that they're struggling and I just think the more we normalize it, the more we talk about it, it'll always be a cause I really care about and I think if I can leverage the platform that I have, it's not a huge platform but it is a platform in having a small business 
if I can use that to do good for the community, why wouldn't I? It doesn't even matter like how big your platform. As long as you're reaching out and you're doing what you can to help people out and to be a voice for good, it's important in itself. Now that you've mentioned this, I'm gonna ask you this question. Are you happy? <laughs> you know what? It's funny you say that because I was thinking the other day, just within the last week, yeah, I am. Honestly, running this business has taught me to believe in myself, has taught me to have more confidence in myself. I've learned so much about myself and I feel like, yeah, I am happy. I do not make as much money. I'm probably making less money than I ever have in my life right now. You know, obviously we met serving. Yeah. Serving, you make pretty good money. But are you happy? If you're going to work every day hating your life, what's the purpose? Right. I'm just eternally grateful with how everything is played out and how much I've learned about myself and the confidence that I found in myself through running a business, you just realize like, wow, if I can do this, like what's next? I'm not afraid to take another risk or start another business or So what's next? Doing. Any other business ventures that you're interested in pursuing? I want to start a subscription box. Subscription box? You can get like a subscription box for like anything right now. What's a subscription box? Like where it shows up at your door like every four months. We are not going to be diving in too much into her new business venture. Stay tuned, subscribe. Potentially in the future, we might be talking about that one. But for now, we've touched on a lot of different subjects. What we're going to be doing now is talking about the business name and also talking about the different products that you offer us. So please dive into more details about the different sizes, the different boxes, and overall the product you offer for the people. Well, I literally came up with a list of words that I like. And I was like, what resonates with charcuterie and cheese and meat and you know, fresh produce and nuts and that kind of thing. And I thought, okay, like you're gonna have a board and then things on the board. And I literally just made a list. It was like honey and harvest and oh. And I knew I wanted like a two word name. And I just thought, okay, what pairs well together? And then I thought, okay, oak. I actually Googled, what is a charcuterie board made out of usually? And it's, I think it's oak. I was like, okay, oak. And then harvest is like what's on top of it. Like all the fresh goods that are on top of it. And that's how it came to be. That's how it came to be. Oak and harvest. Yeah. It sounds super good together. Thanks. I know. I'm pretty proud of it. It just like rolls right off the tongue. Open harvest. Also, another thing too. I didn't want it to be related to like cheese or meat necessarily because, like I said, I don't know if charcuterie and this whole cheese board trend is going to be around forever. So having a more generic name allowed me to basically progress with the business if this ever goes away. You offer different size boxes. What are all the different size boxes that you offer, and how big can you go with charcuterie boards and all these different types of things? Like I said, we started with one size of box and then there was kind of a demand for other sizes. So then I moved into three sizes of boxes. Obviously at the time, COVID was in full swing. So, you know, socially distanced things were, were, were really big. So I had three different sizes. I had a small box for like an individual portion, one for maybe two to three people and then one for five or six people. Right. From there, I kind of expanded into platters and offering different sizes of platters. A charcuterie box, is best for you know a gift or if you're going to leave on someone's doorstep or deliver it to someone or uh, what have you whereas a platter is better for a gathering if you want to put it on your coffee table or your kitchen island you know transfer into that and then one day i got this call from a lady that works for a business here in Abbotsford and she said we're having a Christmas in July because I think their previous Christmas party had been cancelled and he said can you do a grazing spread for 30 people 
thought, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, why not, you know? And again, same process, like night before, I'm like, oh my gosh. I'd seen grazing tables done before, but never done one. I went to HomeSense, bought a bunch of accessories to use yeah. on the table. And I was like, all right, we're just gonna see how this one goes. And turned out amazing. Like, I was just so thrilled with it. She was thrilled. And from that, I started offering grazing tables. Do you do the grazing table at the location? Yeah, it's completely done on site. Yeah, we show up, we as in me. You do all this by yourself? All by myself, completely. That's the thing, it's like, do I sleep? No. Do I have spare time? No. <laughs> am I happy? Of course. <laughs> I am happy. Like I said, I've kind of just gone with where the business has taken me. And since then, events and large-scale gatherings have become so much more prominent. I've done a lot of events since then. Grazing tables up to 50, 60 people, sometimes 150 people. Yeah. A lot of Mind corporate well. events, um, you know, real estate companies. I've done a lot of work for them within the Fraser Valley. Weddings. I flew back to Ontario to do a wedding last year. I love being in the event space. Obviously, with my background in event coordinating, like, I love being part of events. People are usually just thrilled to be there. You know, everyone's in a good mood. It's the best place to be. Right. So now, currently, I offer two sizes of charcuterie boxes, a few different sizes of platters, and then full grazing tables. Would you say that you would want to lean more towards event? I don't know how much longer this box thing is going to be a big thing. And I think the event space is kind of never going anywhere. I love doing events. I love being part of them. I love being on site and then interacting with people. But like I said, it's just kind of going where the where where state. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Maybe I'll hire someone someday to help me out. I was going to say, you're doing this all these by yourself. Have you thought about maybe bringing in some help? Or do you just enjoy having full control of everything that's happening? Well, it's funny because... Both my parents, like my mom never hired a single person throughout her whole business. Now she's like on the brink of retiring almost and she's never hired anybody all these years. I saw that and you know, my mom has always kind of said to me, you have to be able to let go of parts of your business. I think that's the biggest thing as a business owner. As the owner, that business is your baby. First of all, it's my livelihood. And second of all, like it means the world to me. And I realized that if I hire someone and they don't live up to my expectation or maybe even the community's expectation well then that falls back on me as the business owner and as my reputation of this company that's the hardest part you want to give things up and you want to like kind of let go of the controls on some aspects but i even think like okay if i hire someone to do all my product sourcing for me are they going to pick produce that is perfectly up to my standard i don't want produce product no, i think it's something that you can teach people Absolutely. To, to learn and to do up to your standard. And obviously, you would have the final say in, in all these of things, course. right? That's the thing. It's just hard getting to that point. I do believe, firmly believe, that in order to run a successful business, you have to give up control. You have to be able to, A, let things go, and B, hand over tasks to other people. Like, right. If you want to grow a successful business, I think that you can't... Of course, you can do it alone, but I think you're just going to wear yourself too thin. So... I am in the process of, you know, I hired someone to help me with social media a little bit because that's not something I really enjoy doing or something that is my strong suit. So I think part of it is like recognizing what do you really enjoy doing right. or where are your strengths within the business? What do you want to keep control of? Where do you see yourself best fitting? And then where's there room to bring someone on? Yeah. But then there's also the fact of like with the cost of good, it is not cheap to pay labor, obviously. Yeah. And of course, has to be worth it, and the business has to be profitable. So that's a whole 
a whole other can of worms. I mean, if you're not comfortable, like, how are you going to pay somebody else? Exactly. Right? So. I don't want to pay someone pennies. Again, going back to, like, what's important to the business, it's like, okay, if I'm going to hire people, I want to pay them, like, a living wage. A lot of decisions to make. Yeah. It's business or not. Yeah, and it's so overwhelming. Now, I feel like a year in, I'm like, okay, I, I kind of have my bearings a little better, and I, you know, go in with the flow a lot better and know what to expect and can plan ahead a lot better. But don't get me wrong. There's been really rough days and nights, you know, like throughout all of December, actually, obviously the holidays are a busy time. My girlfriend was visiting from Vancouver one day and Christmas time was about to hit and I had so many. I did like four times my sales in December, like just a stupid amount of sales. And it was all me. And we were literally sitting cross-legged on my office floor. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this month. We counted inventory. Like we're like, okay, do we have enough of this? Realized we didn't. And of course, at this time, COVID was still relevant. Right. So there were still shortages of things. So here I am, like driving out to Mission at 11 p.m., trying to make it to Superstore because I found out they had one thing in stock that I really needed that I couldn't have found for like the last three weeks in Abbotsford. That is the reality. Like there are so many nights where you're just sitting there and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. But that's what makes it so rewarding. Like, it's such a catch-22. You hit, like, rock bottom. It's midnight, and you have to be up at 5 in the morning, and you're like, holy shit, this is rough. But then you get through it, and you're like, wow. Like, if I can do that... I can do anything. Yeah. Like, it's so rewarding and fulfilling. It's kind of, like, up and down and up and down. And I think that's the overarching message of this whole conversation <laughs> today. If you can do this, you can do anything. You just have to believe in yourself. You know, you have to know that you can do it. You might not sleep a lot. <laughs> I think that's what people don't understand. When you're a business owner, there's certain sacrifices that you have to make mm -hmm. in order to run a successful business. And if you're able to go through those harsh periods and come persevere. out of the other side mm -hmm. and persevere, great things are ahead. Mm -hmm. Even for me, starting this podcast, a lot of times I just sit here editing and looking at the conversations that I'm having with people. Man, do I really want to do this? It's just so much that I have to learn and it's so challenging in so many different ways because this is a medium that I've never dealt with before. Mm -hmm. And having to do the social media thing, and having to promote things and get a following, all these things, mm -hmm. it's so demanding. But once I finish editing the conversation, I release it and I get feedback from people and people listen to me. Oh man, Jimmy, like, I love this. I'm like, thank you. Mm -hmm. Like it makes it all so worth it. Exactly. Right? So yes, it is hard and yes, it is challenging, but what would it be like if it wasn't challenging? What would it be like if it wasn't hard? You know? Exactly. Would it be worth it? I don't think you feel that like high of that fulfillment if you don't feel the low questioning yourself. You gotta put your pressure on yourself. Yeah. Put the pressure on yourself and then when you come to the other side of it, you look at yourself again. I did it. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. I'm a boss, I'm a boss <laughs> ass bitch. Yeah. I did this shit. Exactly. <laughs> I did an event in December, got my best friend to help me out. We did 250 charcuterie cups. It's like little individual yeah. cups. When I tell you it was the hardest day of my life, I'm not exaggerating. Like this is someone that went to university, wrote a thesis, like moved across the country. No, that was the hardest day of my life. I, again, was like, oh my gosh, like we're never going to get these done. Like, this is just brutal. And sure enough, we did it. And like, I woke up the next day and I mean, I was tired and sore, but. You made it happen. Just looking back on that, I'm so happy that I did that. I am proud of us for doing it. And I feel like I'd regret it more had I not. So many fond memories looking back. When you're in the moment, when the heat of the battle, you're like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even interested in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like, I'm closing the business tomorrow. <laughs> Forget this business. I'm over this. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And then you come in and like, oh, I love this. Yeah. This is absolutely fantastic. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, that's kind of what I said at the beginning was like, when you're your own boss, like, the sky's the limit. Like, you never know. Even with this podcast, like, you just never know where it's going to take you. And going back again to moving out of your environment and putting yourself in a different space. For me, moving to Vancouver has allowed me to change my perspective so much. And meeting different people, having different conversations, your mind is constantly just evolving and you're constantly growing as a person. So, yeah, challenge yourself. You have to challenge yourself. If you don't challenge yourself, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And... Within challenge yourself, you find new parts of yourself. And those parts of yourself that are dormant become more dominant. And at the end, that's what we all want. That's what I want for each and every single person in my life. And I'm going to challenge every single one of my friends to awake those dominant parts of themselves and become a new person. 100%. I'm here for it. I love seeing people that I know strive for different things. And I love seeing people succeed mm-hmm. at things that... They never thought they would be good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I will say, I do believe that my perspective does come from a place of privilege. You know, I think when you look at, okay, I'm starting a business. At the end of the day, I knew if I put all my eggs in this basket and everything goes horribly wrong, my parents are there to support me. I have kind of like financial backing if I need it. I'm not going to be living on the streets if this business doesn't work out. Right. And I know that for many people across the country, across the world, that cannot be said. It's yeah, not it's the same. Reality. You know, I, I would like to just recognize that I'm completely cognizant of the privilege that I had to be able to even take this risk. Because right. I think in a lot of situations, you don't have the means. You might want to take the risk, but you, you don't have the do means. It. You don't have the opportunity to, to be able to do it. Exactly. And I think, obviously, being able to recognize that yourself is one of the most important things because you understand, hey, listen, I'm in a position where I can pursue other interests. I'm in a position where if everything goes astray, I have my parents who are able to help me out. Mm-hmm. Because I think as long as you understand that, then you can move forward and perceive what you're doing and help those around you. Volunteer, for example, okay? If these people don't have this opportunity, let me give them an opportunity mm-hmm. to perhaps do something else, mm-hmm. right? Like it might not change people's lives, but Offering your time goes a long way. Exactly. Yes, you are privileged, but also like you're also a hard worker and you're putting in the time to make sure that you succeed at this. Mm-hmm. And no. then again, like using the business for good, all these things like remain central to me because I realize that what I'm doing is privilege and I feel really grateful to be able to do it. I can help other people. Even if it's someone that wants to go out and start their own business or start taking a risk in whatever aspect it is of their life, I'm here to answer questions or, you know, like I just think that we need to support each other. People constantly think that to be able to help somebody, it has to be monetary and all these different things. No. Time is the most valuable thing that you can give to someone. Mm-hmm. And being able to give somebody your time, give somebody your attention, it, you will realize that it goes such a long way. Mm-hmm. Through conversations, just talking to somebody, for example, it goes a massive, massive way. I keep saying it, but I love it. I love <laughs> it. Being able to offer your time, your business, the connection that you're making, being in the community, supporting small businesses, and helping other people. Hey, that's what we're here for. Well, exactly. That's what the world is for. Just, like, we gotta help each other. Especially right now, like, there's just so much division in the world, and you know, 
people on either side that just hate each other and so much just animosity and it's like we get one shot at this like literally you know like we really do need to support each other in every way that we can and like you said it's not necessarily monetarily like there's so many ways to just show your support for other people we have to love on each other it's so cliche but it's true it is it is is. it's the simple things it's the simple things it truly is it truly is i try to compliment a person every single day when i'm out Nice. I should just be, hey, like you look nice. Yeah. You look good. Yeah. I like your hat. It's funky. And usually, like, I do that too. And usually, they'll be like, you made my entire day. Right? It's the littlest thing, you know? Smallest things. Yeah. The simplest of pleasures. Yeah. It's what makes life worth it. For me personally, I can't speak for everybody else, but the simplest of pleasures is what makes life worth it for me. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we literally only have one shot at this. Mm-hmm. Make it the best. Exactly. Don't be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we will end this. Don't be afraid. My question to the people today is going to be, what are the fears that you have and what's stopping you from pursuing the interest that you have in your life? And obviously, we're going to allow the beautiful Haley to plug in her Instagram and all those things where you, we can reach her. And perhaps, no, perhaps, you're going to try her shakuri and you're going to love it. Go ahead, love. Well, I would like to end this just by saying thank you, of course, to you, Jermaine, for having me on. I really appreciate it. I love doing things like this, and I'm proud of you for starting your own podcast. Thank you. I think podcasting is so fun. It is. And as well, a big thank you to, you know, my parents, my grandparents, my boyfriend, my best friend, everyone that supported me along the way. I truly would not be here without them. There's been a lot of hard times in the last year and you know learning how to run this business and I just I feel eternally grateful I look back obviously being my own boss now I'm like how did my parents do it my parents aren't together so they were both single how did they do it like they had a five-year-old or however old I was and they're running their own businesses Mm -hmm. making my school lunches putting dinner on the table every night taking me to soccer practice I'm astonished throw a kid into this mix I don't know how I would even be (laughs) managing right now you know like I'm just so grateful for my parents, um, for everything that they did for me growing up. And I realize that more and more every day. I yeah. feel like every day I become more appreciative because I see it from a different perspective. Right. Yeah, just my entire support network. I truly believe that, you know, it takes a village. Obviously, that's said with raising kids. But just in general, like, as we talked about, you have to support one another. And I wouldn't be able to do this without them. So, big thank you to them. Where you can reach me, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Oak and Harvest. You can email me at okenharvest.gmail.com. It's all she wrote. It's all she wrote. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I do really appreciate it. Thank you so much. To be able to have the support of friends and family, it goes a long way. It, goes, it truly does. It truly does. It makes a, a world of a difference. So I'm eternally grateful for for yourself, for uh, all my friends who support me in this journey and the continuous advice and criticism that they give me. It makes me better. So I do appreciate all those things and I do appreciate coming on, making your way all the way over here and being on the podcast. Overall, just thank you. Thank you for the great conversation. Thank you. I've, I've, I've learned a lot today. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure.